stop it. What? I was going for the drum solo. Yeah. On the heavy metal holocaust of Welcome to Upon Further Review. I'm Evan Grant. Kevin Sherrington. I'm appalled. <laughs> Who are you? I'm Barry Horn, and I, I'm still appalled. <laughs> yeah, you're always appalled. You're a lot of things, too. Welcome into episode three, which means we've lasted longer than more TV shows. I was already losing track. Of uh, Upon Further Review. We're going to stick with that for, for today, right? Absolutely. Upon Further Review, the Dallas Morning News Sports Podcast. Good afternoon or morning, gentlemen. Good afternoon, Evan. Uh, Kevin, yeah. you went. You, you spent early this week down in, in, in Round Rock. I did. Uh, you saw Matt Harrison. I did. Oh, I thought we sent him down to AAA. <laughs> oh, uh, Barry. Uh, uh. Where's the laugh track? Yeah. We... So you went down and saw Matt Harrison in his second rehab start. Yes, I did. Is he going to help the Rangers this year? Uh, th- that's a good question. After watching the game last night, uh, I-, I would say that he was a lot further away than three weeks. Of course, it's just like spring training. You know, you watch a guy get lit up, and then you go talk to him afterwards. He says, yeah, I felt pretty good. I was working on some things, and, you know, the ball was com- good coming out of my hand. And, and that's essentially what Matt said. Uh, he got the ball up at 92 miles an hour, which I get, you know, was, which is pretty good. I think that was concerning to him. His problem last night was that uh, he kept getting the ball up. When he got it over the uh, the plate, it was up, and they and they went with it. Uh, he gave up a, a double off the wall to Corey Seager, Kyle Seager's little brother. So, so the Seager family is still roughing up the Rangers. Uh, and uh, to say nothing of Bob, yeah, didn't say nothing of Bob. But you know, he, even though he 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 got behind on everybody, but he only uh, walked two guys. That's that's two starts, two walks in each uh, five innings each time. Um, you know, if he feels good about it, he, he's pretty honest uh, about things. Uh, if he feels good about himself at this point, then I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt. He's got, I, I think, by my count, he's got at least four more starts that he can make down there before the rehab assignment is over. If he's hitting the low 90s at this point, I think that's very encouraging. Uh, he, it is still very early in what, we, in, in what you would describe as a, a spring training type environment. And so command is not that, that big a concern for me. The biggest concern is, does he have the strength to get velocity? And secondly, does he have the stamina to last the game? And third, uh, what's he going to feel like the day after? And let me add a fourth. Can he stay healthy in everything, in every, everywhere? Because he is cursed in that in that area. Well, the back, the back is uh, it's a real issue, and I mean, there's no track record. That's that's why this is such a wild card kind of thing because there's no track record for for somebody coming back from uh, spinal fusion in the lower lumbar area. Well, and, and you're talking about a big man too. You're not talking about somebody who doesn't have to carry a lot of weight around. He's not, Matt's not. By any stretch, a, a a heavy guy, but he is he's six four and he carries about two twenty five, two forty when when he's you know at full strength. But let's talk about another big guy who who has had fusion uh, in his back, and that is Prince Fielder. And I think he takes some he takes some solace in that. He thinks that because of that, because of what Colby Lewis has been through, I think he looks at it like you know, these are guys who had these were kind of groundbreaking uh, things that they went through as well, and look how they've responded to those. So I, I think he looks at that. I don't want to dissuade him, but I would I would say that there's a big difference between Prince and him and that Prince and, and, and Peyton Manning both had it up towards the neck area. You're not talking about weight and having to having to carry it, having to put all that weight Torque. on that area. Yeah. Um, doctors. Doctors Horn and Grant. We're both Jewish. We should have been doctors. 
<laughs> your mother. All right, tell your joke, your Kevin. So. Tell your joke, Kevin. Tell the joke you told us yesterday. Yeah, this is a great joke. The great joke is that a woman is sitting on the front row. Uh, a man, uh, the president is is making his 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 speech. And it's the Jewish wo- president. It's a, it's a Jewish president, first Jewish president. And the woman looks at the the man next to her and pokes him in the ribs and says, "See that man up there?" And he says, "Yes." And she says, "His brother is a doctor." Okay, I apologize to all our Jewish <laughs> listeners. Poor Kevin. You're assuming there are any. Poor, poor Kevin. Matt Harrison brings to to to, to this point, uh, as long as we're on the medical field. Uh, the Rangers supposedly have lots of reinforcements coming over the course of this year for pitching. Harrison, Martin Perez, Derek Collin. Word came down uh, on Monday night that Derek Collin is not going to start throwing for another two weeks at least, which means June 19th before he gets an MRI. Uh, it, and let me let me step back. He won't throw off a mound before June 19th. Once he gets on a mound, it's going to be a good five to six weeks before he's ready to pitch in in the big leagues, and, and that's if everything goes well. So we're not talking about getting him until uh, the end of, of August, uh, the end of July or the beginning of August. Well, don't you think we should just leave it at? We'll believe it when we see it. Don't tell me when the what's don't we don't need updates. Just let me know when he's when he's arriving. This is what a manager's perspective always is: is I'll deal with the players that I've got here. And you can make whatever plans you want about what are you going to do with Colby Lewis or Wandy Rodriguez when Holland and Harrison come back. It is an eternity before you're going before those three weeks, four weeks, five weeks. Those are eternities in baseball lifetimes, especially where where a pitcher is concerned. Uh, and so I, I get questions on Twitter every day. What are the Rangers going to do when Harrison and Holland return? Well, here's what they'll do. They'll find a way to move them into the rotation. They'll find a place to put them. Uh, either somebody else will be hurt, somebody will be ineffective, or they will, you know, in the best case scenario, they'll have depth. But here's the other reason why that we do, at this point in the season, we have to know when these guys are going to be back or at least have uh, Here comes Trader Kevin. Here comes Cole Hamill. Because Cole they, Hamill talks. Because. They have to make a decision about whether they're going to go for a Cole Hamels at, that, at some point. And I, I think that – I think if these guys, if they're getting none of them back, there's no question in my mind that John Daniels does nothing. If these guys don't, if, if he does not get these reinforcements from these guys, he will not make a major trade. Well, let, let's go to the column you wrote for Monday morning about the, the, the trade situation. And I, I think in, in one of your very rare moments of, of coherent thinking. Yeah. Clarity. The, <laughs> you did have complete clarity. I thought the way you summed up, when you would make a trade, or if you would make a trade, forget about the price for a minute. But but I thought, I I think, what was it? Let's tell everybody what it was. Okay, so so what was your point on when you would make a deal? <laughs> what was your point? Well, yeah, what was your point? My, no, the point about the deal is, is that you don't make these trades to, to try to get yourself over the top. That's what they did with the Matt Garza trade. He was hoping that that would put them over the top, and that was a disaster. Not only in terms of what he got and what he gave up. But just everything involved in that was you know it was a rental player it was it was a bad deal. In uh, in this situation, what you do is you make a you make a, it's what he did in the Cliff Lee deal. They were four and a half games in front when he made that deal, and and you could have said okay they can just ride this out. But he says no. Now we've got the strong end. Now we're gonna now we're gonna put the, the pedal to the metal here. We're go, we're gonna go ahead and go ahead and get the best player available, take him from the Yankees. And they, had they not done that, 
I'm convinced they would not have gotten to the World Series. Because they also did face the Yankees, and Cliff Lee had a great start in the ALCS. Absolutely. So he, put, he pitched on, up at Yankee Stadium. It was, it was Absolutely. a great game. Right. Absolutely. And, then that's, and, and so that's but, what but they the, had to do. The key point there is is the timing. And, and I completely agree with this. You don't make a trade, even for a difference maker, to try and, and catch up. You make that trade when you've got the ability to uh, step on other clubs' throats and and put distance between you and another. So club. If the, I want to ask Kevin. So if the Phillies call the Rangers tomorrow and say we're trading him, by by Sunday we have a deal in place. You, you're the Rangers. You say, thanks a lot. We're, uh, we're I would out. I would automatically say that. I'd, I'd wanna, <laughs> I, I well, I'd no, wanna, you, you you certainly have to listen. But you're not. I think the expected price. Uh, you're not going to give up that price unless he's a guy that puts you puts distance. Well, what if they put a deadline on you? Do you want him or not? Then then you call their bluff. I'm asking Kevin. Yeah, the expected price, and we didn't talk about that. It which is uh, well, the expected price I, I think would have to at this point start with Alfaro because I think Chichi and, and Joey Gallo would be off the table. So you know you you look at the Phillies trying to take uh, the best available player would be Alfaro. You'd look at them asking for a top level pitcher, which would either be Jake Thompson or if they step down a little bit, um, uh, Luke Jackson as a back end relief guy. Or, you know, Andrew Faulkner as a power left-hander who is really coming fast. Why would you take Chi-Chi off the table if you could put Cole Hamels in the rotation instead of chi Why would you just automatically take Chi-Chi off the table? Uh, I, I think the Rangers have long-term plans for Chi-Chi. I, I, I think that they that they feel he is a special talent. And I, I, I think that their, their feeling would be... Is he a Cole Hamels talent? Well, I think the difference here is it's 10 years. Right, about ten years in age, almost. Almost, yeah, yeah. So I think to me that's that's the difference, you know. But I, one's I, a proven commodity, and one's a guy. I think you want to come. you want to add Cole Hamels to Chichi Gonzalez. You don't want to add one and subtract. Yeah, they the they need depth in that rotation and, and quality depth. And I think that Chichi looks like quality depth. You know, it, the, the problem with with this club, in my estimation, with the, the rotation as it sits right now, especially without Darvish, is it's it's a bunch of threes, fours, and fives, and mostly fours and fives. And, and and you cannot go anywhere in the postseason with threes, fours, and fives. And if you add if you add Hamels, you're he's a, adding, he's you're a one. Add, if you add Hamels, you're also adding, uh, and this is the key part there. He's not a rental player, right? He'd be controllable for for more than one year. Next year, you're looking at a rotation by the end of April uh, of of Hamels, Darvish. Holland. If by some chance Derek Holland manages to stay healthy right. from the start of the year on Derek Holland, uh, and then you've got potentially. Nick Martinez, Chichi Gonzalez, and Martin Perez to all pick. Okay, from. so just take Chichi out of Matt that. Harris. It's, it's still <laughs> Matt Harris. It's still it's it's still, it's still pretty good. I, I would not. I'm if not, I were I'm, you, if I were the Rangers, I would not say Chichi's untouchable. That's all I'm saying. I, I would I would make. Here, here's what I think about. It. I, I think that this is that Chichi is one of the rare uh, talents they had developed pitching, and they want to control, be able to control those guys. I, I don't have a problem with that. I, I'm not getting rid of pitchers at this level for them. But for me, when and let's let's talk about this crowd out there that poo poos everything. You, whenever you want to talk about trading one of the prospects, you said poo poo. Yeah, they they want they say no no no, and they think you know. I'm convinced in this market there are people out there who would rather watch guys play and not get to the World Series I just agree. because they want to see these players. They think they're so good it's and not, they're going to be Hall of Famers. It's not just this market, and it's not just baseball. This is why the cottage industry of recruiting exists, because how many four-star players? You, you look at when we get to, to the draft combine. and guys well, Because start, every year there's a new class, there right. are new hot guys, and they never have to deal with it's the reality. It's the next big it's thing. It's the next big thing. They want to, they want to track it. How, how, how are the players that the Rangers traded 
for Cliff Lee. Yeah, Blake Bevin and Justin Smoke, zeros. Right. Uh, and, you know, on the other hand, people would point and say, well, what about the guys they traded for Garza? Because they still have futures. They haven't right. gotten to the big leagues and, and completely, you know, bombed out yet. But the bottom line is that, that and I think that you, you have to see in 2010, 11, 12, 13, the window is the window. That's a four year window, and that's actually a long window for for most clubs. When you've got an opportunity to really step out and make a difference and put put difference between you and the rest of the division, well, the AL West. You we, act. we know the AL West is winnable right now. Well, I think the entire American League. Who's running away with anything in the American League? Nobody is. It's it's, it's no. I, I'm not buying Minnesota as a team that's going to run away with everything. No, and not the Astros either. So uh, I think that what we're seeing here is that it's very winnable this year. And I think that's one of the things that John Daniels was looking for going into the season. One of the reasons why he didn't make the Cole Hamill straight in the offseason that I was clamoring for was that he wanted to wait to see how everything happened, broke. H- how's it going to break? And and now they're coming to this point where what is your What is your good. crush on Cole Hamels? Why, you write this column every month. Because he's available. He's great. He's available and he's great. And how, how many times are you able to get that with a guy who's not a rental player? He's, he's pretty much everything. He's, and he's left-handed. He's pretty much everything you want for this ballpark, in my estimation. Wow. And okay. he's, a number, he's a number one. He's and, a, and, and he's I'm a not, number I'm one. Not, oh, you, you, you know, I think that's that's the Thank point you. is that people don't get it. People, th- they see these guys and they think that, oh, this guy's a really good pitcher. This guy's a really good pitcher. Yeah, but in a, in a short series, you're going to pitch your top three guys. That's it. Your top three guys are getting in the rotation. Who are the three guys you're going to throw against anybody in the postseason if you get there? You know, off, off this current rotation. Who do you decide? I can't even decide who they get rid of if, 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 if Harrison and, and Holland and, and uh, Perez come back because – I th- they're all the same. It's there's, the same guy. There's not that much separation. And, and I know that there's a lot of people right now saying, hey, what about what Wandy Rodriguez has given the team? Can he do this all year? Don't care about whether he can do it all year. What Wandy Rodriguez has given the Rangers to this point is exactly what a championship club needs because you're going to suffer injuries in pitching, and you need depth to come in there and bridge for six, eight weeks, something like that. If Wandy can give them another three weeks until they potentially get somebody back, my goodness. He's he been is, a revelation. He, he, Absolutely. He, yeah. I don't expect Wandy Rodriguez to make 30 starts for this club. I don't expect him to make 25 starts for this club. And I think that by the point in time that you have another guy back, you're going to see Wandy Rodriguez kind of revert back to what he is, which is a 36-year-old guy trying to hang on. And it doesn't make the decision that difficult. He's, he's, he is, uh, to the pitching staff, what Carlos Baguero and, and Kyle Blanks were in left field. They, they had a couple of great weeks, and they, and, they, and they tied them over until they got Josh Hamilton, and it was all good. Well, it, who did they have last year? Who's the lefty they brought in last year? Every time he came in, it was, it was a disaster. Help me, Evan. The, I, the lefty they brought, they, they brought in last year. Come on, Evan, help me. I think he's thinking of this year and Alex Claudio. No, no, no. I'm thinking the, the lefty last year machine. they brought in. Lefty starter or lefty, lefty starter? Joe? My God, they, they used 45 Name pitchers last year. I can't recall right oh, now. Oh, great. All right, so. Uh, I'll look it up. What are you guys more excited about? The deb- We've had two scintillating debuts here in the last week. Uh, Joey Gallo and Chichi Gonzalez. I almost said, Rodriguez. said Chichi Rodriguez. Rodriguez. Yeah, which are you more excited about? Which is which is more? Um, I think I think for um, and it's a, it's a great question. And, and and how many times in the history of the Rangers uh, have you had two uh, guys come up who both look as promising as these? Two Joey guys, so. Gallo's single debut was was the best debut in the history of the Rangers. But had three hits in his first three at bats. Okay, right. Hit fastballs. 
got basically a little fastball-heavy selection of pitches in that first game. He has seen twice as many breaking balls and off-speed pitches since, and that's why you're seeing the strikeouts. Nobody's going to throw him a fastball to hit. Nobody wants to see it in the upper deck. Until he proves he can lay off that stuff or hit it, he's not going to see it. I, I do think uh, when you watch his at bats, though, they're interesting at bats. It's not. It's not like Josh when Josh was chasing, you know, out of the strike zone. You know, uh, and and for that matter, Nelson Cruz earlier in his career when he was always chasing out of the strike zone. I, I see a guy who's up there thinking. You know, uh, he's not just he's not flailing away. I, I don't seem lost yet. There's no track saying. record there to say that that this is what it's going to be every time. And he does have some degree of discipline. I just want to come back and say Joe 0-5 Saunders. Joe Saunders. No wonder I blocked that out. Yeah, that was a bad Joe time. Saunders. Okay, so yesterday, I got to tell you guys a story. But, I mean, you were both there. So I got to tell everybody else a story. Tell. But we, we, had, we had our first pre-show meeting yesterday, <laughs> which we couldn't expense because this is basically being done on our own dollar. But we had our, our first pre-show meeting. Of course, it was at a deli. Deli News. Deli, deli News. news. Uh, Barry's favorite place. It's a very good deli. But so we're sitting there and we're, we're eating. And first of all, it's the hottest day of the year. Barry ordered soup and told, I believe he told the waiter extra steamy, right? Yeah, the hotter the better. Well, I knew you were going to bring this up. And I think if we look at Wikipedia, which is everybody knows, knows everything, the thermodynamics, and there are studies that will tell you that hot, eating hot food on hot days is the smartest thing to do. That's what Bubby would say. Okay. It is. All right. But meanwhile, so we're sitting there, and Barry, you were eating what? The mishmash soup? Yes. Okay. And and a lady from the table next next to us just leans over and says- It was her favorite soup. It's my favorite soup. She was about 80 years old, about the same as I, I am. Yeah. Uh, okay. So it brings- First of all, that's, that's the first question I have is, like, when you're in a restaurant and you're sitting there and you're eating dinner, and somebody immediately jumps into your conversation- what do you do? I call the police, usually. Well, well, usually when I'm doing that, it's a supermodel, like a 20, 21-year-old supermodel who wants, yeah, to, engage, okay, yeah, who wants to engage me in conversation. That's a, that was his dream. I think we have to point out that that woman also accosted me for saying that I didn't want to go to Israel. Well, yeah, that's, again. Like, once she, she saw me with you. We've got a theme running it here. It assumed I was Jewish as well. But that I, 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 that goes to the next part. If you're If I'm in a restaurant and I see somebody eating something that looks good, I don't have a problem like saying, hey, do you what enjoy that? that? What is that? What do you think of it? But when you start injecting yourself into other people's conversation, it starts to creep me out a little bit. Well, it- she was sitting there. She was with her husband. They must have been married 50 years, maybe 60 years. She's tired of talking to him. Okay? <laughs> he tired did, of talking to him. He did tell her to quit lecturing uh, us. Did he? Yes, he did. Because his whole life, that's all he's heard. And yes. She was a very nice lady. Probably used to that. I think we should, at this point, we should, uh, first of all, offer a correction for an earlier broadcast. In which Barry Horn. I think this is going to become a staple of the broadcast because yeah, corrections, well, corrections, the number yeah. of errors. Wait, wait, wait! I think he's about to say I did something right. Barry Horn said that Lake Seastrunk, not Lachey, as Evan wanted to call him, Lake Seastrunk is from Temple. As it turns out, Barry is correct. Who disagreed with? Can, Barry? can we have some bells and whistles wait, wait. for that? Who disagreed with me? The fact that Barry, Mr. Texas Sports Hall of Fame, who disagreed with me? You did. I did. I did. That's that's correct. So you thought he was from Pasadena because you think all greatness comes from Pasadena. Pasadena, right. Texas. For some which reason, is, I thought he was from Houston. Which is from Houston. Let's just say that. Uh, Pasadena is Houston, uh, blah, 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 blah. I've been to Pasadena, and I'm still looking for the Rose Bowl. Oh, that was Barry, really. 
we, we can't be uh, doing play, this let, show in the Adirondacks. Let's, let, let's play one of yeah. your games now. Yeah, come on, come okay. up with a game for us. So it's time for Words with Friends. Uh, okay. Are you ready? You fired up? Barrel roll. Are you going to try and be a little bit more involved this time, Kevin? Yes, I'm, I'm with you this time. I'll, I'll even let you go first, okay? Great. All right, so here's the deal. I'm going to give you guys a word or a name, and you tell me the first thing that pops into your mind. Okay, go. Joseph Randall. Loser. Wow. You know, Joseph Randall is a guy that cannot get out of his own way. You know, he's constantly making problems for himself. And I think this is a, something that really bothers the Cowboys is that, you know, you know, I thought it was interesting that they called him in and said to him, according to them, not according to Joseph, but said to him, listen, don't be saying things about DeMarco Murray. Don't be saying things like there's a lot of meat left on the bone. Did DeMarco you know? Murray have a good year last year? I think he did. Yes, he did. And he had a lot better year than Joseph Randall is going to have. Uh, on and off the field. On and off the field. So And in the department stores. Yeah. All right, Barry, your turn. Give me a word. Are you ready? I'm ready. Elvis Andrus. I think I wrote this the other day, and, and I want to think. Elvis Andrews would have been a great Harlem Globetrotter. That, that, that's what he was made for. He's the clown prince of baseball. And, and I think, you know, Kevin wrote so eloquently about Marcus Haynes last week. And, and, and that, that just got me thinking. Elvis belongs on a traveling team, that, that, a traveling comedy baseball team. Wow. That's uh, big go long traveling Motor Kings, right? Uh, I don't know. Were they out of Pasadena? Uh, can I give you a word? <laughs> that was a, sure. That was a movie. Kishka. Kishka. I had some of that the other day. It was very good. Another Jewish food I will not eat, along with chopped liver, borscht, shav, and tzimis. I don't believe any of this because I've seen you. I've seen you at a smorgasbord. There is nothing you won't eat. Let's move on. All right, final shots, guys. Final shots, Kevin. So I'm supposed to go first this time? My, my, no, I, I said Kevin just because I'm looking at you and. <laughs> All right, Here, here's here's my final shot. Uh, I, I'm feeling like if if this NBA Finals goes six games, that the uh, that the Cleveland Cavaliers will win. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> For some reason, only if it goes six games will the Cavaliers right, win. Right, right. No, or seven, or eight, or nine, whatever it takes. Barry, can you top that? Yes, I'm taking the Tampa Bay Lightning to win the uh, Stanley Cup this year. Tampa Bay, and let's and let's you're on a roll because on Sports Day on Air you did pick American Pharaoh to win the Triple Crown. Well, you really went out on a limb on that. No, one. but you know, guys like you, you're so negative. Let me tell you something. He was not. If you took the whole field, when was the last time we had a Triple Crown winner? We've had seventy eight. Okay, yeah, we've had been... we've had favorites before go in and, and not win it. I picked him. Don't be Mister Negative. It was a positive. It was a positive. And let's move on. Okay, but since 1978, you've picked the, the, the horse to win the Triple Crown every, every time they win the, that the Kentucky inco- Derby. That is incorrect. Show me, document, document it. Let's go. Okay. You can't. My final thought is this. Uh, did Seth Blatter make Roger Goodell actually look like a good commissioner of a football sport? Yeah, you know, here, here's the thing we need to remember about that. I, you hear, and, and I, I'm no Roger Goodell fan either, but I'm telling you, you look back at guys like Paul Tagliabue before him who said that the, the concussion thing was made up by the media. Uh, he, he's just got caught in the times here. There is no, he's not even close to Seth Blatter. Okay, the, Roger, these guys are criminals. Roger Goodell is making $40 million a year above the bull. Which above, is why he doesn't need the $10 million bribe. Right. Exactly. Right. Exactly. 
Well, at least when it's all said and done, Seth Blatter will be able to retire to the private island that he but, bought but, but with he, the yes. But, but he, here's the yeah, he, you know he said he's going to resign. But he's not going away yet. Nine more months. Nine more months. Nine more months. This is the longest farewell ever. I am the lame duck president of everybody. <laughs> I am the president I think of that, everybody. I, I, think, I think that is a good closer right there, Evan. Uh, well, lame duck definitely describes me. But let's get out of here for this week. And uh, so long. Thank you for listening. Thank you.